everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners Podcast, where here we are talking about scene partnery things. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to talk about today, Cody? Hey, I'm letting you take the lead. I told you I was going to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf. Are you? I am. I'm going to be serious and to the point. You can ask me anything. I'll answer it. I don't even care. Oh, really? Yeah. I've got nothing left. So what are you? We have been doing this for sixty six <laughs> hours, more than that. But yeah, I, I can't even translate that into into years. Yeah, yeah. So what do you got? Come on. Um. So what professionally are you working on these days? Professionally, yeah. Um, helping you. I'm professionally helping you achieve. That's greatness. not fair. I uh, backed you into a corner on that one, but. <laughs> We I'm professionally helping you achieve greatness. That's I feel right. good about that. I think um, <laughs> I shall abandon you to the wolves. There Here you, you go. go. Goodbye. Um, we probably should at least maybe acknowledge the show that we just had an opportunity to perform. Look at that. You see, I opened the door for you. This is exactly what I'm what I'm going to. This is this is how Orient Express is going to go. for you. <laughs> I opened the door in a calm way and I let you take the lead. Your sails have unfurled. You are flying over the waves and disappearing into the sunset. See, I love this funny and, you know, uh, serious and to the point. And you were long-winded and not at all serious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have finished Little Women. Yes. And it was an insane experience that I will treasure forever. And that, like... I, it's one of those things we went through the process of this show and we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast the last uh, maybe like four or maybe even five episodes have been <laughs> yeah. dedicated to this. Um, but it was such a like treasure. And I, I remember like getting to the end of it and we were we had made it to opening night. And I, I don't think that I've ever gotten to a place where we were opening a show or we were working with people and I felt like I had said all that I needed to say. Yeah. And that I was just so at like peace with the process and mm -hmm. totally fine with whatever was going to happen because I just genuinely loved everybody in the room and was so proud of them. And I would just, I, I felt like I really had nothing left to do as a director. And I don't know if I've ever felt that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I was thinking about this too, speaking of, you know, to kind of like build upon that, like how often in life, especially as a creative person, do you get the opportunity to work on something that you know is going to be good? Yeah. And there's like, we knew that it was going to be good because of what we were seeing in the rehearsal hall. And then once we put the walls up for, you know, I, mean, the, I the, feel like I knew it was going to be good when they auditioned. Oh, yeah, I don't mean to diminish yeah. everybody beforehand, but what I'm saying is, like, we knew, especially, like, but that last rehearsal where we were doing our, you know, final run through in the rehearsal hall, and it was like, mm -hmm. this this, this would be ready today. Yeah, I could do that. That last rehearsal was just so interesting because it didn't feel like, you know, we, we were there rehearsing it, obviously, and, mm -hmm. but, uh, like, for the purpose of doing a better performance, but it, it just kind of felt like, hey, we're... This was actually during the day, it wasn't at night, but it was just, it was kind of like we were saying goodbye to the rehearsal process. Well, it was, to sense. me, so it, was it was like, this emotional. is the last day, it's for us as yeah, the cast to be able to watch this, because we're going to be behind walls now, mm -hmm. just listening to these performances. That's exactly the way that I felt about it, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just kind of like, all right, this is we're we are done with this process and i'm kind of sad that it's over because we're not just kind of you know when you're in the theater even though you're all in the same room it's still going to be different because yeah. you're you're just not just like what you were saying when we were in the rehearsal hall no matter where you sat you could see the show or you could experience you could look around you could see everybody and then whenever we moved into the space you know we built that set in 3 days um, which is just, actually, I think we built it in two. Yeah. <laughs> like all the walls and, were up. We were just finishing painting and, and basically dressing the, the yeah. stage. And then, you know, I, and there's, there's quite a bit that I can cover about the process of this show, like for me personally, but it just, it was, it was different because it felt like, all right, now is whenever we section things off and it becomes about something different mm -hmm. where in the rehearsal room, 
you know, that's normally where you worry about the acting a lot. And that's where you grow the characters. And, and it was just something about being in that space. Like I'll always hold that rehearsal hall in a special place in my heart because that's where I got to see these people form these characters is where I got to see the characters come to Mm -hmm. life. It's like, you know, watching something being born. So it was just really, really special to be able to see that. And then to see how it morphed when they finally understood what the set looked like. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, I understand it was so funny. Like the, like talking about what the set was and then seeing people glaze over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, is this not the door? What is this? (laughs) Here's a drawing. I've taped it out on the floor. Like, here's what it is. And just the like, un like people, people's ability to understand what I was trying to deliver. I've never felt so insane in my life. Um, but it just, it, it was really cool for them mm-hmm. to walk in. Like I was so happy that we had gotten so far before people had gotten there for rehearsal so that whenever they walked in, they got to see the space in the way that it, that I knew that it was going to look. Yeah. And then they were all like, Oh, like that was kind of the joke of the day. The, Oh, that's what this is. Yeah. Oh, there's a door <laughs> here. Yeah. Oh, the door slides away, you know? But what was really cool, you know, normally I think as a director and as a performer, and maybe this is just because I was a performer first and a director second. Um, I think that I've just always been very willing to change and to accept, you know, a, a new form yeah. of something other than what I originally had stated. If it still works, you know, mm-hmm. within the world, if it's a little different and it makes more sense to someone else for them to do it as an actor, then of course that's what we're going to do. That's the path that we're going to go down. But the, um, I've never been that way in regards to the set. Yeah. Because, you know, whenever you work in theater in small communities like we do, you are the costume designer, the set designer, mm-hmm. the sound designer, <laughs> the director, and sometimes the performer. And so <laughs> yeah. you're just kind of like, filling whatever void needs to be filled so that the show as a whole can go on and take place. And it is kind of wild whenever you think about all the things that you have to do just to get a production to go off in a small community. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible for somebody in the audience to see that. But of course you don't want anybody to sit down in an audience and be like, man, this looks like a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) You just, you don't want that to be said. You want it to be like, wow, this was amazing. That was it. Um, but anyways, Sitting there in the audience, I had this, it was strange, like whenever you have a profound thought or a moment in time that you're like, oh, this was like, like when inspiration strikes you yeah, and you can pinpoint it to a certain moment. Like normally I find that if I'm thinking about something or I'm, I'm trying to create something, I can't necessarily think about the exact moment that it, that it like the spark happened or whatever. But we had this moment in the show where um Devin's character Joe was at the end like climax of her song um and fire within me and she threw the papers into the air before she has the idea to write little women yeah and I watched her throw it from the attic and it was this beautiful moment it was one of the last times I actually watched the show um from the from the house and she ran down the steps and she crouched down and she was with the papers. And when she was doing that, I just literally thought about having like how cool it would be to just paint the entire novel over all over the whole theater. Yeah. And I kind of hated myself for having that thought because then as the show kept going, I just kept thinking about how powerful it would be to have those like beautiful words everywhere and to highlight certain passages and, because that's what the show is about. It's about, we kept talking about it being a memory. And it, in a way, it just, it was like, why didn't this occur to me sooner? Yeah. And, <laughs> oh my God, am I going to tell people about this and are we going to do it? And I think that if we would have been in any other form, like if the show would not have been in the as good a shape as it would have been in, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Yeah. But we, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about any of the performers and the set was pretty much done. So I told everyone that that's what I was thinking about doing and judging from their reaction. I was like, this just has to happen. It just has to happen. And it has to like, she has to throw those papers and, and feel, you know, the 
the inspiration like by running down and touching the paper but then also looking around the world and seeing the words written all over everything and that's why I loved like how we divided it up in like certain areas like by the piano was all of Beth's mm-hmm. quotes from the novel and you know things about her and and in the attic was Joe's text and it would just like how she could go up and actually physically touch the words that she was going to be writing it was just gorgeous mm-hmm. I mean it was gorgeous but you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, you were sitting there telling me about, you know, this, this idea. And I was like, this is so beautiful that, you know, people get to, she's, she's building the world, but people get mm-hmm. to sit with these words pre-show and during intermission. Oh, so yeah. they're seeing these words the whole time. Mm-hmm. But once the show begins, you forget that they're there. Yeah, you forget them. And that, that was the beauty of at the very end, tying it back into this memory, touching mm-hmm. these words and building this back into like the whole narrative itself. And that was so wonderful and, you know, I, I, I did, I, someone had come up to me and given you a compliment basically for me that one. Yeah. Oh Cause they were God. like, we were sitting there, we were reading the text on the walls and I just looked at my, this guy was saying, he's like, I just looked at my wife and said, get some tissue. He's like, I don't know this story at all, but you, we, we're going to need some tissues. I can, I can feel it already. Just <laughs> judging mean, we, by what's we on did, the wall. We did set it up that way. We did. I mean, we, we put boxes of, t- I don't, I've never done a show where we put boxes <laughs> of tissue on every aisle. Yeah. But I also didn't know how heartbreaking this story could be. And and I don't know if I've ever seen it where it was heartbreaking, but the women, the like amazing women that we had in this show just brought everything to life so yeah. much and made you fall in love with them. And when their hearts broke, your heart broke. Yeah. And whenever they rejoiced, you rejoiced. And that is the dream as a as a director. Now, I will say, you know, to, to further that point that I was trying to make earlier is that when it, it's so rare that you're a part of something like truly, truly great, mm-hmm. but then you don't know the impact that it's about to have on a community and on an audience and for yeah. people to feel changed afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that to me was so great. Like we knew we had like this really cool thing, but it wasn't like all the audience responses were so similar yet different. Yeah. And that they, they felt so heartbroken and yet they knew every single person in that cast. Like they knew an Amy, they knew a Joe, they knew like so relatable to people even today, even though this is an older story, it is timeless in that way. And I thought that was just so brilliant and great that we were able to have these beautiful performers just, you know, inside and out to be able to bring this story to life and have the audience respond in such a great way. Yeah. Well, and you know, it it is it is an amazing experience to be able to put something on that's going to relate, like a story that's well written and that's going to relate to your audience and resonate with them all in different ways. Um, and it's also something. Um, oh God, it was like right in my brain, and it was coming out of my my brain and <laughs> my mouth, and it was coming out, and it just like it disappeared. <laughs> It's where, where you know thoughts what, go to die. Precisely. So profound. But how many times, you know, I've sort of had a similar experience with a couple of things, but I don't know how this is, how many times this has happened with you where you have all of these perfect pieces in place and it doesn't work. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's like all of these things make sense to work. Why yeah, don't they just work? About, I think it's like time and place. Yeah. You know, like. You have to, you, you just, you can't really force something to happen. And I feel like we didn't really have to force this into existence like we have to sometimes. Yeah. And just like all of the pieces fell into place exactly whenever they were supposed to. And so grateful that the audiences showed up. Yeah. uh, That was, I'm, I I was very humbled by the, by the like outpouring of support that Mm -hmm. we got for this show. Um, what I was thinking about saying that the, my profound thought, Oh my God, did it just leave my brain again? <laughs> no, it didn't. I'm just kidding. No, I did left, leave it for a second, but I'm, I'm back. Um, so as I was saying, you know, we have done, we've done a lot of literary works and more classical pieces probably. Um, and I'm so Im- amazed, I guess, or I'm, I guess I'm my thought process about 
how others uh, live their life is so much different because of the amount of people that have come up to us and said, oh, my God, I didn't even know the story of To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. Or I I had never even heard of Little Women. And I'm like, like, and, and it's not not in any way saying that those people are not intelligent for not hearing or reading those things or knowing about it. But it does make me sad as far as, you know, what people are exposed to on a regular basis or, you know, like what we actually learn at school and just the thought that, you know, you wouldn't know anything about Louisa May Alcott or, Mm -hmm. you know, like her novel, Little Women, that is (laughs) incredibly famous or, you know, that you would have never read To Kill a Mockingbird in school or that you wouldn't know of, of this story at least, you know, to be able to talk about it. And it made me, it makes me very thankful and proud, I guess, that our theater company is putting these things on in our community so that we can introduce them in, like, I think, an amazing way Mm -hmm. that they'll never forget. Because I just feel like you don't forget a live performance. I I think that it just, it sits with you. I mean, there are some that I have forgotten, but, or that I would like to, but. there are a few that I wish I'd never see. <laughs> yeah. But it's I with you forever. Forget. It's with you forever. Um, but you know, I, I just think what an amazing way to be introduced. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm thankful, I guess that we're the ones that they get to deliver that. And it makes me feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool and interesting, too, that because there were a lot of, you know, younger people that are still in, in um, high school that came to watch, you know, Little Women. And we've mm-hmm. we invited a few schools to see To Kill a Mockingbird and that we can do this this thing that is, you know, powerful and qualitative in that in that way like, that we know that, hey, if you were never going to read the book or if you were never going to see any sort of adaptation of this. And and I, you know, for Little Women, I guess it's more like men would not seek out the story of Little Women. Yeah, like um, most men. But to be able, like you were talking about bringing this to the community, but also to offer this as, as a, you know, and with Orient Express coming up that we can offer maybe this opportunity to schools in, mm-hmm. in such a way that it's like, here's another facet that we can grow and sort of recruit people into the arts in our community, starting with a younger age. And it's like, when we see people up there having fun, we get a little jealous, right? Yeah. I mean, you see people doing something and it's good. It's like, it's like watching, you know, like when we were younger and we'd watch Tony Hawk skateboard mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, I really want if to I didn't that. live out in the sticks, I, I really want to do all the time. Like, even though I have dirt road, I want a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I, oh my God, me on a skateboard, that's absolutely terrifying. But I still, like, I watch them doing that and I get jealous. It's kind of mm-hmm. like how I would listen to um, the women in the show sing and I would be jealous of them because oh, I would yeah, just think, not even fair. I would just think, like, how awesome it must be to just be able to sing that way. <laughs> and it had, you know, to, to, they would not say that it is effortless, but I think that's just, good work yeah. that they put in beyond the scope of rehearsals and you know what they've really done to I guess take care of their talents that they that they yeah, have I mean naturally. we had it, it was it was really amazing that we had the people that we had and I'm just going to be forever grateful for it I mean that to be able to do something that was so special and was is going to resonate with me for probably the rest of my life mm-hmm. Um, that I can think back on and and smile and feel this huge sense of, of just gratitude and and just I don't know like happiness and love and all of those things and um, and also to to be able to think about it and think man that was like a very like awesome creative experience that worked yeah <laughs> like it, it it worked out I had it in my brain. And somehow it spewed out and it all worked together yeah. somehow. <laughs> and that's an awesome, awesome thing. And it's an awesome gift. But I just, for that to have happened and to have all of those things right before having this like major life change, where I'm not totally sure what, you know, my, how long it's going to be before I can be as dedicated as I am now to this process. Because it does take a lot of time. Yeah. 
And it may not seem that way, but I mean, it, it just, it occupies your thoughts a lot. It's just like, it, it's almost like you're forced into being a work of a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like that for everybody, but I know for me, it's almost, it's almost like a, a weird default setting that I just, if I'm sitting down, I'll just branch off and start thinking about weird ways that I could do shows. You know, it's just always in my brain. Yeah. So I'm interested or it, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to shift whenever we have a child. You know, it's just I think it'll be, always be a scratch for you. You'll yeah, always have that parasite, you know, eating away at you. Yeah. I mean, it would be weird. It would be very weird to not be involved in any sort of way in theater. Mm-hmm. Like I had that thought the other day, like, man, what would my life be like if, and I think this was probably because we were doing this show and I had, you know, two people or yeah, two people in the show that were there from the very beginning of my creative career, <laughs> like that just saw it all happen that were involved in the first show. The person who played the music for us wrote the first show that I was ever in and directed it. And yeah, um, no, it was Disco's Dead. That oh, didn't I, have thought, the, I thought it was the, the pig. I'm thing. a pig. No, that was just another. <laughs> okay. She wrote that too. <laughs> it just wasn't the first show. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Um, no, she wrote another show called Disco's Dead. Your first Dead. show was Assassins. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, but you played John Wilkes Booth. I did not play Booth. <laughs> I was not. Um, but anyway, so she she had written the first thing. So I've just been thinking about like if I would not have met these people then, and I would not have. You know, my mom wouldn't have forced me to go into this. What would I be doing? And I have no clue. Like, where would I be selling cars somewhere? Like, what would I be doing? I just feel like I would not be able. Like, I don't I I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I cannot figure it out. Like, what is this existential crisis you're having? What if I would not have? Like, yeah, I know. I know it's ridiculous, but I just think it's not that it's ridiculous. I think that it's just a tangent that. We can spend our whole lives wondering what if. Yeah, of course. But and what good does that do it doesn't us? Do any, it doesn't do any good. Well, I think for me, I look at it and I think, you know, how thankful I am that I was given the opportunity to take this path, mm-hmm. even though I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like my mean, muscles are just recovering from but, moving those heavy set pieces. But, you know, like everybody's tired. Yeah. So how, what an amazing payoff that, you know, we are just existing probably in the same way that other people are, but we also get the benefit of knowing that we're producing some kind of tangible thing, even Mm -hmm. if it only lasts in people's memories, but you know, being able to be the people who create experiences, that's such a neat thing. Yeah. That's such a neat thing. And I don't, you know, you're a little more well, known than I am but I've gone several places in town and it seems like every time I go somewhere someone stops to say hey Little Women was so great That's that so was weird. so awesome Nobody ever, you said I was more well known nobody's ever well I, it's so weird for well you know I can't <laughs> help that you're unapproachable I, but, <laughs> but I really is, should stop you know walking around so angry yeah, smoking yeah, all yeah. those cigars and blowing it in people's faces that well, vape pin. You, you got to get with the top. I was trying to. I was trying to think of whatever the name was of like you're goofy and I'm the guy next door. Pete. <laughs> Pete. That's yeah. what I was trying to think. Of. <laughs> Yuck. Um, I was trying to think of that guy. But it, it's it's such a like you're talking about creating these experiences for people and and they they came and they they saw and they were moved and w- whether it's just to be nice, but I I genuinely don't feel that with this particular show or performance it was just to be nice yeah i really don't think that it where i think i i'm on the same page with you as being like oh these compliments are probably just shallow i don't know what else to say things and those are fine but um i don't feel that way with this one because i know it was like i genuinely know that it was good because i watched it yeah and it's not even like a pat myself on the back thing it's i saw these other people doing amazing things yes Outside of my own contributions, you know, mm-hmm. and that is, that is huge. That is just an awesome, it's just an awesome gift. I'm just, I'm so happy and proud of it and I, I'll never forget it. And I f- feel like even like their performances were great. And I think that even though like this time, you know, normally we try to create it an all around experience when you come and see our shows. So we normally try to do stuff in the lobby and, 
you know, zhuzh it up a little bit. So the moment that you get there, you know that you're, you know, going to see little women. Yeah. Or like when we did Christmas Carol, we decorated the lobby for, you know, Christmas and the same theme as so that whenever you go into the lobby and you continue into the theater, that it is all the same experience. Yeah. And that is exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) But we just weren't able to do that. I mean, you know, Lexi is like towards the end of her pregnancy Mm -hmm. and she is the creative genius of the lobby. And that's just not (laughs) something that I can take on. Well, you know, she really wanted to paint it all black and then write the words of the novelization, but I don't have, I mean, how amazing would that would have, Oh my God, that would have been so cool if we could have done the whole thing. Yeah. That'd have been so cool. Um, but Anyway, I we still like decorated some things. Yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. were some nice touches that I think that got put in there, but it was just a little bit different. But I loved that in a way that kind of made the experience when they walked through the door a little bit more shocking. Like it yeah. was cool being in the in the theater backstage when people first walked in, like when they opened the house and you could hear them uh, all <gasps> being like, Whoa. Yeah. Because they just would not have expected it. Mm-hmm. And in a way that kind of made it worth it, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I was like kind of dying. Yeah. It's the payoff to like <laughs> you and I were so exhausted. But, like, I have, and, and rightly so when we put the final pieces of the set away, we mm-hmm. both sat down and went, there's that's nothing it. more that yeah. I could have given to this show. Could not have done anything else. And that's, I mean, that, that is, that is a nice feeling where you don't always get to feel that way Mm -hmm. in this type of theater. And so, you know, most of the time you don't have enough time, even if you have all the time in the world. Well, there's always, cause like as a creative person to you, the work is never done. Even after you give it to the audience, you always think like, Oh, I could have done this or, Oh, Mm -hmm. I could have done that. You know, those what ifs again. But with this, it was like, I think, I think we did the exact, you know, thing that you had in your brain. I think we did that. Well, I mean, of course, I was watching the the last time that I gave any sort of notes. It was just like one weird thing. And I think it was to you. I think you got the last note. And it was just silliness. It, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't even like, I said, I have nothing to give. And the, the only thing that I said to you, I think, was I want you to hear the music before you ask her to dance. Yeah. And that was it. And that was just like a weird technical thing. And I don't even know if you did it. I did. I, okay. <laughs> I don't even know because... I said that and immediately was like, well, I'll never see this Sarah scene again. Is such an amazing actress that she saw me notice the music and she noticed the music. Yeah. And then we had another moment that we She's built into the very show. present. You know? Yeah. I, I like genuinely I was her scene partner, but just the, the, the to even hear her speak, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were recording, you just, were listening to her. I didn't try to talk over her. So That's yes, so I was listening. <laughs> That's so crazy. But I you know, it, it's just like thing. how, much she puts into every word every line has a meaning like what is the what what like what is my motivation for even saying this sentence Mm -hmm. this time to this person in the way that i'm emphasizing like wow that's what you really like hope for out of everyone all the time yeah and well i was so much more grateful to be a part of like her story on stage Mm -hmm. i think watching her throughout this process you know, I've, this was my first time ever being able to direct her, even though I've known her since she was a lot younger. Um, and I think it's just like I'm thinking back to times that she has been cast in shows in our area and just thought, oh, my God, this human being has been underutilized on the stage in central Louisiana her 10, entire 000%. life. Ten thousand percent. And I will never understand it. And all I feel is shame on everybody who never gave her mm-hmm. everything that she deserved. Cause Oh my God, she's just so brilliant. And, and due to scheduling cut, cause she, I really, 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 really wanted her to be a part of mm-hmm. Orient express, but due to scheduling conflicts, she's Did that play about know, the train. What train? Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, I didn't mean to give anything away. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I was the really Orient looking, Express is that a Christmas play? So, well, you know, play with Tom Hanks. It's in winter with Tom <laughs> Hanks. He might be the only it's actor never scene? ever to play Poirot. <laughs> he might be. 
Oh, maybe someday. Oh, uh, he was too busy. What was the? I just saw the Disney is doing a Tom Hanks. He's he's Panaccio. Geppetto. He's Geppetto. Yeah. yeah. Is it called Geppetto? Panaccio. What? No, it's called Pinocchio. But what, what is this like? I don't know. Is Pinaccio. that is it that Italian for You're Pinocchio? Spanish. Panaccio. <laughs> you and your Italian words. They say ciao. They don't say cow. <laughs> like, you don't know. <laughs> yes, I do. You've you've been. Of course, ciao is not spelled ch. So maybe I'm I'm uh, who who cares? No, ciao's a dog. Basically, we're just saying ciao's a dog. You you win some, you lose some. Agree to Chris agree agree to Chris degree. <laughs> agree to Chris degree. I like that phrase. Hashtag agree to Chris degree twenty twenty two. Um, but you know, Little Women's chapter has been closed, so we can put a, a little pin in that. And now the next chapter is opening for you. Yes. And how are you terrified, excited, or everything? Well, right now, and you know, you and I had a discussion and this is more transparent on the podcast is that because our audience was so, you know, big for little women that we really had to think about, maybe we shouldn't reconfigure this stage for like this really cool. Yeah. We had, we had a different design in mind. And then afterwards just, you know, as a company, our audiences are growing more and more. And, uh, just because we've been doing shows more consistently. So, um, the thought is from a production standpoint, do you reconfigure the space and lose ticket sales essentially? Yeah. Because you're basically saying, okay, we're not going to have as many seats. So from a producer standpoint, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, why would you do that? Especially when, you know, we're not, we're not paying a cheap rate for the space. So that, that is kind of an interesting thing. Just something that I noticed you know, this last, this past time for our musical, we upped our ticket prices. And oddly enough, I thought more people would complain about it in the space. Maybe they just complained about it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did hear quite a bit like from other people saying like, oh, well, you know, everybody's talking about inflation and how the ticket prices have gone up. And I'm like, you know, well, before we had a cheaper ticket price, not because we could have a cheaper ticket price, but because we wanted people to come. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that it, that, you know, we needed it to be the price that it is now. But when you're doing a musical, it's just so interesting that the like people knowing that they're paying, like what they're getting, what, what services they are getting for what they pay, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you and I drink bourbon. If I go out and I buy a bottle of Evan Will- Williams and it's like, oh, I mean, that's bourbon. But if I also go out and buy like something else that is not five dollars a bottle, yeah, you pay, you get what you pay for, yeah. And we're doing this, we're doing a musical, and people have to be paid to be there, mm-hmm. and so much time has gone into it, and it's like I know the tickets are three dollars more, but that is the only way that we can exist, yeah. <laughs> But so, you know what, though? It's like more people came out, though, than I would say ever. Yeah. So then I also wonder about this Maybe is sort of like go behind the scenes. dollars a ticket. <laughs> well, <laughs> we gotta, I mean, maybe Little Women was worth that. that Disney prizes yeah. over here. But. You know, you have to think too. Like, are should we charge a premium rate because people like then have that in their minds that they're getting a little bit better of a show at a higher price? It's kind of like the thing that, like, I would say Nintendo does. They never ever mark down any of their first party products ever. Yeah. So they stay sixty dollars whether they came out today or five years ago. Mm-hmm. There's no like reduction in rate because you know they think that their quality of what they offer is better. Yeah, and and I just. What what is the correct answer there? I don't I don't know, but yeah, I also know that hard in we pay more for the community. theater than other people because it's for profit. Yeah, uh, we just to just to be in any of the spaces, uh, the rights to Little Women is very expensive and very meticulous on what you can and cannot you know do. Yeah, like four times as much as a straight play. And so then you have to think, well, we have an accompanist, so we have to pay that person. Mm-hmm. So th- there are just all of these things and people and places that have to be paid for. Well, you know, it's interesting, like in the arts, people don't understand. Like if I go out and I buy a painting, 
you know, people are going to go walk through an art gallery and see a $1,200 painting and they're going to be like, oh my God, who would ever pay $1,200 for something like that? And you don't see the time. And it's also like, you'll never see this from anyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's also like, should we value ourselves? Yeah, it is. It is. It is putting, it is putting a value on your product for sure. But like, you're not going to see this show anywhere else. And even though it is something that is fleeting, it's still like we are giving you a three hour experience. Yeah. From the moment that you walk in, like every single detail. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. We have thought about your experience as an audience member, like more than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have put in so much work in it. We've put in effort to the baked goods that are being sold that are literally homemade. Yep. And that are specific to the show and to the drinks that we offer. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. And I, I, I look at it that way and just think even with us charging, and this is kind of one of the messed up things maybe about the cost of the actual rental space. And one of the reasons why I think maybe we should just never, ever do things at this particular venue ever again is because like I have to charge a certain amount just to be able to make up that cost. Like Mm -hmm. when, and it's not even so much like, all right, this, the cost of the theater is so much that I'll never make money. It's not that it's that when you add the cost of the theater, which is substantial, most of the time it's more than the actual royalty of doing the show mm-hmm. um it is more than what i spend on the set i mean it's like more than anyone else gets paid every, every like more goes to the theater than anywhere else so looking at it from a producer standpoint it's like all right how do i cut out the biggest cost and that is the venue in this right instance. when i could go to a better theater i i can think of two better theaters that would cost me less than like it would cost me half of the cost. So why not move? And it's mostly the security of the situation. Exactly. So, so then I also think too, like what is to say that we don't like rent some of these like places where they, they like, here's a a, a space just to rent. Right. Mm -hmm. And it costs substantially less, but we have the seats, but people don't know this location. Right. So then what do you, like, what, 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 yeah, what are the how do you get them there? there? Because yeah. even now, like, whenever we perform at the Crest Theater downtown, people show up always thinking that we are one of four different theater groups. Yeah. Because that's where they're used to seeing that particular group. So they're like, oh, a show's going on there. That must be whomever. And so do we need to find another space and differentiate ourselves from everybody else in the pack? I, well, it's I like, think if you don't it's have hard. your own brick and mortar building, it's almost impossible to... To like be like, this is mine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think people in this community don't necessarily necessarily understand that the space does not belong. Neither of the theaters in our downtown area belong to anyone other than the city and the arts council. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like these are not these are not community spaces. These are places that you pay to be in. Mm-hmm. And it is a rental. You are renting the right to be in this space. It is not yours. You do not own it. No one else owns it. The only people that own it are the Arts Council, which is a body of people. (laughs) So it's still not even one person. Yeah. And I actually, I don't even know if they own it. I think the Rapids Foundation building owns it. That should be like run through the city of Alexandria, ultimately. The city runs Coughlin and is... uh, it's like part ownership that the Coughlin is a little bit weirder. The bigger theater space is a little bit weirder because it's ran by the city and it's also ran by a foundation. So mm-hmm. it's like this weird duality um, that I'll never understand. But anyway, it's just, they are rental spaces and it's kind of like how like communities will do this where you, you have a uh, like a community theater and people are like, Oh, this is my community theater. Yeah. Like you don't understand what goes on here. I mean, we fight, about that like I fight that feeling with the Fox Theater here where I'm like I mean this is I'm the one cleaning up or doing all the things like Lexi and I are here all the time like we're gonna do it we're mm-hmm. gonna just do this like no this is not ours <laughs> it but that particular space belongs to the community it's not 
It is not ours. It is the Fox Theater. Well, this is all like huge, big lessons that is going to be so interesting for you to have to learn how to relinquish control in the next year. Well, I'm definitely already <laughs> trying to be more like let other people do things. It's difficult, though, whenever you pour your heart and soul into something and then you literally have to hand it over to someone and be like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to make the decisions. I mean, it's a it's a lot of trust. And I mean, it's definitely something that I think that you are more than capable of. So I don't even worry about that. But I do worry about, you know, other people. But so. I mean, it's also like the legacy of, you know, the Fox that you guys basically run. Mm -hmm. Like who, who you know, you've said this before, like, who are you going to leave this to? And, and what what they're going to you're going to leave this in a much better place than you found it for sure. And that's great. But say, because you've directed many, many, many of the shows that have occurred at the Fox, and then say you bring in this new guest director for a show, and it bombs. I mean, do yeah. you lose your audience that you've built in after, you know, four or five years of doing shows well, that's there? The, that, is, that is the absolute fear. <laughs> because it's something that we combat in Alexandria when we mm -hmm. perform with Play On and things like that. Like, we have to fight against like, no, this is a play on production. This isn't like someone else's production that you might have seen yeah. another thing for. Yeah. This is a different theater company. Not all of them are the same. Mm -hmm. Much like how not all fast food restaurants are the same fast food restaurant. <laughs> they may all be fast food, yeah. but they're not the same restaurant. So it's just, I, I don't know. It is a, it is very I love difficult. comparing our art form to fast food. It's, it's my the favorite. only thing that popped into my head. It's just like, what do we have the most of in Alexandria? Fast food restaurants. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that just this one of the joys of being in a small community that has a lot of theater and it is, which is great because there is definitely something <laughs> for everyone. Malice behind. No, it, it is awesome. A lot of theater. There is a lot of theater, but it's like, you know, there's also confusion because we're not a big town. We, we don't, we should not have this much, Yeah, but it definitely is a sickness of our community that no one can work together. And when you can't work with somebody, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You take your ball and you go home and you find a new team. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody did. They were like, all right, well, we're just going to form our own thing. And then I was left like, well, I don't actually know how to do anything else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess we're going to do this now. Okay. But it is so interesting to see all of these little clicks in the mix. Yeah. And, and I think that's like, just kind of like we could work together small and do something so beautiful. Something like yeah. That. But it is you do wish for a utopia experience, I guess. This this everyone working together and combating this weird negativity i just don't understand in such a niche creative art form mm -hmm. you know and in, in such a small place and instead of embracing each other it's we'll go to war instead yeah <laughs> i just i don't get it but i will tell you since being out of it it has been great <laughs> um, right it has been a completely different experience i mean it it fills me with such joy when people do a show with us and they talk about the positives. Mm -hmm. And that is what, you know, like the creative experience and the audience experience, of course, is always on my brain. But the thing that I think brings me most joy is whenever the performers talk about how much fun they had. Yeah. And to see everybody and how sad they were for it to end was really beautiful because it was like man this really meant like this experience meant so much to these performers and that is awesome like that in a way makes it worth it because it is not it's not easy it's just not an easy experience to be able to put on something like this and to try to achieve I think the the caliber of of quality that we strive for and, you know, that is something to take into consideration. Like there are so many times and maybe that's just like a me and you and Lexi thing that we really, really don't let like, OK, all that that crap and baggage that we've had throughout the day that might have gone wrong. Like I can leave all of that at the rehearsal door. Yeah, because we are here to create something and, and we really strive to create that and environment real hard. Yes. <laughs> and like and not that you and Lexi ever fight, but there's like, there's no way to know that you two are sitting next to each other, hating and seething at each other 
But we're still not that you guys. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm just, Lexi I'm just saying that, that like we like the things that we bring <laughs> that are outside of our control in the rehearsal yeah. hall, like are just the left stress at the door. From, like the day. Yeah, and and like whether you know kids at you know your school or or whatever or the art camp that you were working at might have been like really rough or whatever kind of business that I was dealing with at work or whatever you know Lexi's had to deal with like with her kids at school. Mm-hmm. Like all of that just gets left at the door and we're here to like have a really good time and do something so fun. Yeah. That is well, it's so taking of your time. Yeah. Taking of these people's time. And we're so grateful that they gave us two hours, you know, three nights a week. Yeah. And it's well, it, it is working through your day to get to the part of your day that is the yeah, joy i went through 12 hours to get to these two that i really wanted to be <laughs> yeah i mean it's like i've but this is like hey this is the fleeting moment of today yeah and then we're not going to be here forever and but all that to say like show the exhaustion, goes by so fast yes the exhaustion could easily make egos flare or oh, yeah. easily make like short tempers and we don't let any of that take over our lives or take over our you know time with these people and, and that is very difficult i mean i have had to um, uh, basic, I, I, I have had to swallow a lot of my pride mm-hmm. along the way and have just had my own little seething sessions of frustration <laughs> on my drive home. But just like anything, when I've you grow up out of my mouth for an hour, <laughs> when you grow up and you, you know, see the bigger picture in things and you can actually sit back and take a moment to be patient, which is an active yeah. thing to do. Like patience is not lazy. It is, it is an active emotion. I hate being an evolved human being. Yeah, it is. But it is, you know, you to rage or like, I cannot imagine yelling at someone as an adult like that. Like, I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like you are in control of your emotions. And if you are losing control of your emotions, then you need to check yourself. Yeah. And there's a time and place for everything. And a time when people are literally giving everything that they have to be able to be in a show is that you're directing is not the time. Yeah. It's not the time whenever people are being incredibly vulnerable and giving and volunteering their time to be there and dealing with things they wouldn't have to deal with and emotions. And, you know, it's just, I feel like doing anything like, like getting mad at those people or yelling at them for not achieving something that you expected that was not realistic is insane. Mm -hmm. And why would anybody want to be with somebody like that? You see all these horrific stories of people, um, you know, talking about their theater experiences and these directors that have just destroyed them. And I just think what in the world, what horrible people would have done this, you know? And it's, I guess it's just the hindsight issue and it's just ego. To, yeah. to be able to say, oh, I have the right to treat someone like this. Like, that's wild. It's so crazy because it, at that point, you're like only trying to assert what you think you know and trying to assert your ego. And like, yeah. I'm the most creative person in this well, room. Well, I think it's the no one else can be as right as me. Yeah. And I know all things and you're wrong. I'm smart. You're stupid. I'm big. You're small. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand that. Like, what kind of thing can you create when you're belittling somebody else, you know, to build yourself up? That's just that's just nuts. And then no one else is having a good time. No. And that is so present on stage. Well, and when you go into an experience, some being somebody who has worked in a whole lot of different areas in theater and in different worlds professionally and on a community level and children's theater and education and all those things... It is different everywhere and Mm -hmm. it serves a different purpose everywhere. And in no way do I think that community theater is less lacking. I think that a lot of times community theater can be a bit uh, misplaced in their intentions Mm -hmm. um, as far as like why they are doing things. And I think that it can be like some community theater can be absolutely beautiful and amazing and just like professional theater. Yeah. Some places can be horrible, just like some professional theaters. Yeah. I mean, it's just because it has the word professional on it doesn't mean that it's great. I mean, I've seen some horrific plays 
that people are paid to be in <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that are at really awesome companies that I'm like, man, I will never get that time back in my life. <laughs> and I cannot believe that somebody wrote this and they paid to do it. And then mm-hmm. they paid people to be in it and they're going to try to run this for six months. Oh my God. And then you feel bad for the actors. Cause you're like, man, hopefully they're not this bad. And hopefully that the, they don't, they hopefully they like this show. But even then, you can at least give over to, well, I mean, they might have made this choice, but at least they're getting paid. Yes. <laughs> it's a job. It's a job. But, I mean, you know, I just, I, I don't, I feel like in community theater, you almost run into something a little different where you have directors who are trying to assert their presence in a way of being like, I am, like, it's it's that vision, I guess, of the sketch comedy version of this with the person wearing all of the things, like every kind of fabric you can possibly <laughs> yeah. imagine that's constantly, like, whipping scarves around them and being like, this is what I did in Corpus Christi, Texas in 1952, <laughs> and you will never understand yeah. the experience. I just... I don't know. I just think that you have to check your ego at the door and accept people where they are and move forward. And I just, one of the, that was another beautiful thing about this last show is, or really I think all of our productions as a whole is that everybody has been so giving as far Mm -hmm. as just relinquishing that whole, like I have an ego thing, but I do think that that starts at the top. Yeah. And so if I feel like if I went in there with a whole bunch of, intense energy about my unrealistic expectations about what these people who have a nine to five job can do in this performance and just beat them down for not achieving what I expect them to achieve, then they would never get anywhere. Yeah. And they would have a horrible experience. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I told you it was going to be more serious. And I told you you delivered. I've never lied to you. Well, <laughs> so you start, this is kind of odd. I, um, I have no idea when in, you start rehearsal in, in our, in our <laughs> five year careers together here. Like this is the first time we've ever been doing two divergent paths. Yeah, basically, I know. We are. And you know, sometimes it'll be, you're working on something and I'm not, you know, like children's mm-hmm. theater or, you know, other various, you know, school projects and things like that, or I'll do something in the community and, you know, you're not doing anything during that time. And it's just so strange because at the same time, both of us will be going down a similar yeah. path, but in separate in ways, separate ways. And it's like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, it's so interesting. I've not done theater without Cody in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And and with this next thing, uh, we're gonna have our our table read on August the twenty fifth. Oh my god! So that's in just a couple of weeks, and then it we're gonna hit the so ground soon. running uh, for October the thirteenth through the sixteenth for Murder on the Orient Express. What do you think you're most excited about for Orient Express? Like as like, I wouldn't say you're a first time director. I mean, you've had experience directing and you have the knowledge and all that stuff but what do you think you're most excited about as far as like your cast or like the process of the show or the creation just because you're on this side of the table where you're literally making all the decisions and not saying that you don't have a safety net at all yeah yeah yeah. but you pretty much you know you're you're going down another path (laughs) but you're also you know you guys are expecting child and everything like that um But But, I mean, this is yours. You get to make all the creative decisions on your own. I mean, that's that's I think the thing, though, that I'm most excited about is, you know, when I read it and I see the characters in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But when other people read things and they do things differently that I would have never like, oh, because there's so many times I'll watch someone and I think that was such a genius way to read that line or to do that thing. And I'm so anxious to see how everyone brings these characters to life. Yeah. But also like guiding them in a way that's like, let's get outside mm-hmm. of what you think you can do with this. Like, like finding a way this. to have those things that you have in your mind in there. And then also marrying with the things that they bring to the table. Yes. Yeah. That is a really cool part of the process that I really enjoy of seeing the things that people like the ideas that people have of certain characters and then being like, all right, how can I, still use that so it feels natural to them and I'm mm-hmm. interested in that and I was it's exciting because I didn't know they were going to do that but then also still like 
bringing it back to the world that I've created and yeah. how do I put these two things together? And one of the things that you had, the, one of the pieces of advice that you had given me was that, you know, be willing to play to people's strengths as actors yeah. and actresses. Like when you see them like leaning in a certain way, don't be afraid to lean into that and give mm -hmm. them more of like that energy that they're bringing, like to, to let that sort of like inform the character and the audience of like who this person can be yeah, and like become not being so married to a certain thing that you force someone into a box that mm -hmm. they don't know how to, to act in. I mean, that is a really cool thing as far as finding like seeing someone in a rehearsal process and then seeing how they interpret the character and how they are as a person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's another really important thing as a director is just getting to know who the people are in your cast. Yeah. It's like, I know certain people in your show that are more quiet and to themselves mm -hmm. and are a little bit more like intellectual in their approach to performance and how do you then translate that into their character on stage mm -hmm. when something is so inward normally? And, uh, I, I would, I would going to say isolated, but it's, or yeah, it's just more of an inward emotion. And then how do you get them to bring that out and make it more of a, um, energetic, positive emotion? Yeah. It's just interesting, like playing to that aspect of it, which is kind of neat to have somebody like that in a murder mystery mm -hmm. because without a doubt, I believe everyone is going to think that this person is the killer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no matter. Yeah. No matter what. But we, I remember cat, like whenever you cast everything and I was like, oh, everybody's going to think no matter what role this person's in that they killed somebody because yeah. they're just like more, uh, methodic, I guess. But I'm, I'm, I am so excited. I'll tell you as from my side of things, I'm really excited to, like give like to let go of that control and see what you do with it mm -hmm. and see how like the cast responds to your ideas and like how you convey those things because seeing other people's process as a director like watching them direct everybody is so different in the ways that they communicate with people and I'm just kind of interested to see how you find your way in and I'm sure that in the beginning, it's going to be a little like, um, I need to think about a new way to have this conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like anything. I mean, when you first do something like the first couple of days where you're the one talking and you're the one leading the ship, it's going to be probably a little rocky until yeah. you get your sea legs or whatever. But And, you know, I feel really honestly behind because it was so I was so like wrapped up in it before little women. And then like a couple of weeks before, and I'm really glad that I took the time to say, I'm going to set this to the side yeah. so that I can be present in this experience and was present to have like that beautiful little women experience. And now it's like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> you've only yeah. got like two weeks. So, but you know, you can't let that, if you let that weigh you down too no, much, no, no, you no, no. Yes. It's just like, you know, those, the, you, you, like, I'm sure, you know, teachers feel this all the time. Like I have not done lesson plans. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh yeah. No, I'm thinking about tomorrow <laughs> this whole time. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but you, you're going to do awesome, but you can't let the weight of it crush you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I know that you're not going to, but it's, I'm, I'm super excited to watch you soar over this project and just like lead everybody into a, an awesome direction. I'm just kind of curious because, you know, initially I was going to direct the show. And so I feel like I had my own ideas about yes. how things were going. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know. I know. I was real excited to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now you get to be no, part no, of yeah, it in yeah, a different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just cool. Like I'm, and it's also kind of like one of those dream come true moments where, you know, you build something and then you see it work without you. And that's I'm I'm really excited about that mm -hmm. like to see our company do something that I I don't necessarily have to be a part of. Yeah. Which is really, really cool, because I think in the future, you know, just in this new part of our life um, between like work and our child. I'm just, I just don't know what, I, I don't know what the relationship is going to be with me and this company as far as how involved I'm going to be able to be in things like in Alexandria. And so it's just been yeah. really cool to know that all of this work that we've done in creating this thing that I truly love so much and 
that I, that I think people have also begun to love in our community and to know that it will still keep going and not just die mm-hmm. is really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. Um, so I guess we'll just change your title. I don't even know if you have a title on the website besides scene partners. <laughs> Podcast producer. Is that what it says? No. It I'm says just something up. like scene partners. Lexi needed me to do something the other day. It's like also, you know, put your title. And I was like, that would be what again? So I just made something up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I do think you're on the website as like the creator or co-creator of scene partners or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to look. Um, anyway, well, I just, I'm super stoked and I'm ready for everybody to like, I'm, I'm excited to go and sit back and watch you lead the read through. Mm -hmm. That's, that is the thing that I'm excited about moving forward. And, um, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it again on the podcast. Oh, sure. Cause I think we have a couple more weeks and we'll do maybe one more of these before Who we start. Who knows? You never know. I mean, you know, life is a tricky little mistress. And it's been sporadic, you know, with everything going on. So we'll just see how we'll do as many of these as we can. Yeah. I mean, I think that has become my motto is we're going to do what we can do. That's right. We're going to do exactly what we can do. And if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that, I say it's probably time for me to go to bed. Yeah, you got an early day tomorrow. So <laughs> that was Cody. Oh, <laughs> and that is Christoph Anapatris. Christoph and Apatris. Chris Truths? What did, oh, dang it. Chris agrees. Chris agrees. Agree yes. to Chris agree. <laughs> <laughs>